G'day audience, welcome back yet again. Hopefully we are, aren't getting too emotional out there looking at our stock accounts every day because if you are, then you would be pretty depressed right about now. So this week we're going to talk all about what is going on because there are quite a few different things going on at the moment and it looks bad but I'm still pretty I'm still pretty confident. I know I know my uh reputation amongst you guys might have been deterred based on what you've seen recently but don't give up. So, what's going on? Um what we have to first understand about the markets is that the number one driver of every individual stock in every single market around the world is one thing, expectations expectations drive everything. If you do better than expectations, the stock will fly up. If you do worse than expectations, your stock will come crashing down. And then there's a third version of expectations, and that's no expectations. And not as in zero expectations, but you don't even know what to expect. And we call that uncertainty, all right? So at the end of the day, expectations drive all the markets, right? They drive every stock everywhere. So it's important to get our head around it. What is making the market, you know, a bit off at the moment, especially with growth, is that all these COVID beneficiaries, all these tech companies, all these stay-at-home companies, they were big beneficiaries of COVID, right? And What's making the market nervous at the moment is that we have no idea what the mark what the what the bump in covid was for those companies. So if you're a tech company, let's say like Etsy, whatever, Amazon, everything, covid obviously was a benef- benefited you. And what investors are uncertain about now, remember, uncertainty, we don't know what the expectations are, we have no idea. What they don't know about is what is going to happen in the year after COVID? So if you got a big jump from COVID, is that going to be a permanent shift? Are you, are you going to continue to grow? Or did you get so much of a bump from COVID that you won't actually be able to match that in 2021? And that has big implications, right? Because a lot of these companies, you know, Etsy and Square and whatever, all these tech companies that Peloton that were the darlings during COVID because they benefited from it so much. Now investors hilariously have started to think about, oh shit, what what happens next? And the reason it's important is because these stocks, you know, they got these massive run-ups because they had a massive increase in sales, massive increase in free cash flow. And then chuck on top of that all the optimism in the market for these companies. And then chuck in on top of that that all the traders were loving it because their stocks just kept going up and up and up every day. And so what you have is you have these companies that had a big potentially temporary jump in their sales and their profits. And then on top of that, they're trading on big multiples of those free cash flow or not or sales. And that's kind of nerve-wracking because if they don't meet these expectations or if they don't grow on top of if they don't grow again as compared to last year then the valuation really doesn't make sense because you know Peloton and Etsy and Zoom you know they had these extraordinary growth rates and then they're being valued on these 
not only their new high sales, right? Their sales multiples are based on their sales during the COVID bump, right? And then on top of that, they've got these big multiples because they grew so much last year because of the COVID bump. So you can see how if everyone kind of goes straight back it'll be a it'll be somewhere of a spectrum it's not they're not going to be performing as well as they did during covid and they're not going to go back to the levels they were performing at pre-covid you know there's some sort of permanent shift towards online but it's not going to be they're barely going to be able to match it in my opinion like really it's going to be tough to even match it let alone grow on top of that and so that's what's making markets nervous at the moment all the covid beneficiaries we have no idea how it's going to go, how it's going to look going forwards. And we still don't know. So a lot of companies just reported their Q1 results. Okay, so that's January to the end of March, January, February, March. They just reported their results for January, February, March of 2021. And those were in comparison to January, February, March 2020, which was right when COVID started. So it's not really a good comparison because right when COVID started, you know, people weren't really thinking about shopping online unless you're some cold-blooded human. <laughs> no, I, was, I wasn't thinking about COVID too much. Anyway, in January to March of last year, everyone was thinking about COVID. No one was doing their normal stuff. And so most companies had a bit of, a, bit of an abnormally low quarter in this time of 2020. And then, so we've got the results of, you know, January to March of this year, which are pretty normal right? But then the really interesting thing is what, you know, from April, May and June of 2020 compared to April, May and June of 2021, that's going to be what's really interesting because that's when, you know, COVID kicked into gear. Everyone had kind of accepted the new reality. Lockdowns were in place and everyone had shifted online. So the really interesting reports are going to be Q2 of this year. And a lot of companies have actually given guidance so they've had their Q1 results and on those Q1 results, you know, the conference call or in their press releases, they've given guidance about what's going to happen in Q2. And that's why a lot of these companies sold off because surprise, surprise, they're not really going to be able to do, they're not going to be able to grow as much as they did in the COVID year because they were COVID beneficiaries. And so for some reason, investors only decided to start thinking about that now. And that's why you've seen a lot of growth stocks, especially tech stocks, mainly all the COVID beneficiaries have seriously been hurt. And this is another reason why you guys shouldn't be too upset if your portfolio is looking pretty nasty at the moment, because pretty much everyone who invested in the last, say, six months, or even longer than that in the last eight months would be down quite substantially. And that's just because, and this happens every time, we actually talked about it in the past, Whenever the stock market gets really interesting and the general population gets involved, that's usually when it starts to do poorly. And then all the people who didn't really understand what had just happened, they all just sell out, give up. And then for the rest of their lives, they say stocks are dangerous and risky and they're not worth your time. And, and that's essentially what's happening now. All the, all the tech stocks that everyone bought and all the amateurs got into, you know, they all kind of bought at a pretty bad time, myself included. You know, I, and the reason for that is because growth has dominated, growth and tech have dominated the market for literally 10 years. So ever since, before the GFC in 2008, value would always do better than growth. But then from 2008 until, you know, even now, growth has 
smashed value, absolutely crushed it. And so that's why even though the growth stocks had really expensive multiples and not even really expensive, like, you know, Wish and My Deal, they were reasonable multiples and they still came down. And that's another thing that happens in these kind of macroeconomic shifts, right? The macroeconomic shift right now is let's get away from the COVID beneficiaries and let's move into the things that, you know, suffered during COVID and are now going to benefit from the economy, you know, reopening. And whenever there's a theme, like an overarching macro trend or a trend in the market that unfolds, it's indiscriminate, okay? And by indiscriminate, I mean regardless of how your company is doing or what your company's valuation is or where your company is at, you will all be punished essentially equally. And I know that goes contrary to what I've said in the past where I've said, you know, don't pay a high price because then you've got further to fall. And that's true. You know, the really expensive, the really hype stuff, like the electric vehicle companies with zero revenue, they fell, but they fell before tech fell. Tech probably started falling in the last month, maybe two months, those electric vehicle hype trends fell ages ago and they did fall harder. They fell 75%. Whereas a lot of the tech stocks now are kind of down more like 50%, which is still nasty, but it provides opportunities because it's indiscriminate. So because when the market is in this like state of fear, it sort of just wipes out everything tech or everything. It will just wipe out an entire sector equally that provides opportunities. So for example, Wish, it was on a sales multiple of 5X. And I know a lot of you probably hate me for even bringing this up because you probably felt some financial pain because of it, but just hear me out. Wish was on a 5X multiple, right? In February or whatever. It has been crushed. Absolutely no denying, it has been crushed. And it's now seen about a one and a half to two times sales multiple. And that's despite the fact that it actually showed an acceleration in its sales growth in the most recent quarter, like last week, and the stock still fell like 30% on the day. But what you'll notice is it fell 30% on that day to $8 a share, which was just truly, it was like a 1.3 sales multiple, something ridiculously low like that. But you'll see that the market, despite the pessimism going around, actually realized how deep it had gotten and how bad you know, how ridiculous, you know, the market, when evaluation gets ridiculously, ridiculously low, the market will correct it pretty quickly. Like I'm talking within days or hours. Um, and that's the kind of valuation we got at. It just got to absolutely nonsensically cheap valuation and then jumped up 20% the next day when the market, you know, realized its mistake. But what I'm trying to say is think about that. If you six months ago, if you were any company, particularly a growth company that showed an actual acceleration in your growth, the market would lap you up. That's like the easiest way for a company to, you know, get its stock to double in like a couple of weeks is show an actual acceleration of growth. Investors love acceleration of growth. It's like one of the most, you know, bullish factors in their eyes is when a stock is when a company actually is growing at faster and faster rates. That's usually more common to find, um, but in today's environment, it's really hard to find. And that's because 
companies are staying private for longer because interest rates are so low they can actually get funding in the private market for longer and so they only really come public when they're quite mature and established and so the growth is in a decelerating mode whereas like the ideal scenario is to find a company that's great and has growth at an accelerating rate and so Poshmark same boat actually showed growth accelerate from 35 to 45% and yet the stock still fell 10%. That's just the kind of market we're in at the moment. It's all about it's all about profits. They have just overnight the market has just completely turned off growth stocks. And and we knew this would happen. This stuff can happen with growth stocks. The market just randomly just decides, "No, nah, I hate growth now." And then growth stocks get absolutely pummeled. And it usually lasts a couple of months, potentially. Who knows? I'm not going to act like I can predict the future. Could last a couple of days, could last a couple of weeks, could last a couple of months. We're already kind of two months into this growth stock cynicism, death to the growth stock kind of scenario. But in general, in my experience, it tends to last like a couple of months maybe. And then they come roaring back. And so now and and that's what we were saying you know you always just want to you want to research a lot of different companies kind of set like a rough price target for them or a reasonable valuation for them and then you just wait for the right setting we were probably i was probably i i'll be honest right everyone was in growth i was stuck in value for all of last year and i got kind of bored i was like you know what growth stocks seem cool let's have a dig at them and so I grew impatient. Remember how important patience was? Can't even bloody do what I'm bloody explaining on a podcast. But that's the reality. That's that's how hard it is. The emotional kind of psychological side of things really tricky. I grew impatient. I just wanted to buy some growth stocks. And I did. And I jumped the gun too early. But that doesn't mean it's a write-off. You know what I mean? Just because you're down, you know, whatever percent doesn't mean you should just give up. It's the worst thing you could do. Just either hold them and take a break from investing if it's too much for you. If you're you're sick of it all, just take a break from it and come back later. Don't sell out and give it all up. It's literally the worst thing you could do. Just leave them, all right? And now if you have really got good guts, you'd be buying more. This is is pretty much the opportunity to buy growth stocks because they don't, these little periods where growth stocks come cheap don't come along every day. And they're usually a pretty brief period because investors naturally love growth they're always more fascinating more interesting they love the upside potential growth stocks will always be what the market loves and so these these periods of growth hatred are usually pretty short-lived and so you should just you should just take the opportunity that you've got and yeah and that's 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 the market we're in right inflation is on the rise that's another kind of source of uncertainty at the moment is that Inflation rates are up. Why are they up? There's a few factors. The government threw heaps of money into the economy. When everyone's got a lot of money, right, kind of the price of everything goes up. That's, that's, that's one factor in, in inflation. The other factor in inflation is just supply and demand. We're seeing a lot of inflation because, well, let's think about what happened, right? COVID came on, all these parts of the economy completely shut down, right? All these parts of the economy just completely shut down. The big parts, the the non-tech, pretty much everything in the non-tech part of the economy came to a halt. And all those companies went, all right, we're just going to cut off production to like preserve cash. And that's what they did. And it was the right thing for them to do. 
Now what we're seeing is as the economy reopens, we're getting this huge surge in demand in things like travel, airlines, clothing, all the stuff that people want to go out for, alcohol, all these things that were kind of suppressed during COVID now have this massive surge of demand because people are keen to get out of the house, are keen to do the things they were doing pre-COVID. And what happens when you have massive, massive demand the problem is with the supply here. All those companies that kind of shut down their business, they need some time to get back. They they weren't going, oh, we predict that, you know, in March, the economy is going to reopen and we should be back to full productivity. It's not how it works, right? It was, it takes time for a business to reopen, okay? A lot of these businesses just kind of shut down or severely depressed their operations and they need some time to get back into things. And so what you've got is you've got this massive demand and this supply that's still trying to you know get back to normal whenever you have a supply and demand imbalance what happens prices rise and that's another factor in inflation and that happens out of every recession it happened out of the gfc right we had this period where inflation was really sharp as the economy recovered because that's expected the supply and the demand are out of balance you're going to get inflation so that's kind of how i see things at the moment i i there are some people that say no inflation's on the rise it's going to keep rising blah 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 and then there are some people who think no this like bit of inflation is normal when the economy reopens and so it'll be you know short term and and the fed the you know the the people in charge of the money supply in america think it is temporary why does this matter because if inflation goes up that's bad for growth stocks and it's good for value stocks and that's another thing that's kind of hurting growth stocks and you know pushing value stocks along the line but the problem is right the way i see it is some of these growth stocks like wish like my deal have been so pumped (laughs) They've been so smashed that they're actually more value than a lot of value stocks out there. A lot of these clothing companies are on free cash flow multiples of like 20, 25. That's way too high. You know, clothing, it's 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 somewhat cyclical. It should be at best like a 15, you know, does not, should not be at 25. And so what I'm seeing is a lot of the value stocks are actually now getting like more expensive or, you know, unrealistically expensive compared to some of the growth stocks and that's why you just rotate you know if you're if 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 it's tricky because you know you want to hold on to stocks for a year and a lot of you probably only got into investing in the last couple of months and so haven't held on to stocks for a year but in the future if this were to occur you would have sold your value stocks at this point that you've held for longer than a year and you'd slowly start to buy the growth stocks you go where you always go against the grain right Everyone hates growth stocks at the moment. That's when you want to buy growth stocks. Everyone loves value. Avoid value because they're just not value anymore. There are there are there are valuations that are just too high, and so that's kind of how we navigate what's going on. That's everything that's going on, and at the end of the day, because of all these factors, inflation. You know, the risk, the worry about inflation is if inflation goes up, governments have to increase interest rates. You know in accordance with that so that you don't get runaway hyperinflation where you know 10 million dollars can't get you a loaf of bread and that's and that's kind of the fear that's going on at the moment so if inflation's on the rise then the market's worried that interest rates are going to rise and if interest rates rise growth stocks are going to be find it harder to access money so they can grow 
and they won't be able to grow as fast and so therefore they should be valued less. That's kind of the line of thinking. But the market has been anticipating this inflation growth for two months, right? About two months ago, they started to go, oh, inflation, inflation, inflation. And the market tends to be overly pessimistic, right? Tends to be overly pessimistic when it starts to see something, you know, that it thinks is going to be a negative catalyst, it will be overly pessimistic into that catalyst. And that's what I think's happened. It was so pessimistic about inflation, inflation, inflation. The inflation numbers came out on like Thursday. And what happened the next day? Once they saw the numbers, all of the growth stocks absolutely skyrocketed on Friday. Okay, they had gotten so pessimistic about this worry about inflation. Then the inflation numbers came out. Oh, they weren't as bad as we thought. Oh, boom, skyrocket up. That's, that's, that's how markets are. They're always way too pessimistic or they're way too optimistic. They never, they never just chill. <laughs> it's not a chill place. It's why these people are running around on bloody those Wall Street, you know, on Wall Street, they're running around like psychos pushing each other and shit. Like, oh, it's just not, not a chill place, essentially. So because of interest rates and because of the COVID beneficiary fears and gr- it's essentially growth has been damaged and then the worst hit are the small to medium-sized growth. So anything under like, you know, 5 billion has been hit the hardest, essentially. And a lot of those companies are the companies I personally like the most, right? They've got, they've got the most room to grow into. They're usually something I know, right? They're not these they're not these massive companies like IBM and shit that are so big that I don't even understand what they do anymore. These, these are small companies that I understand. And so a lot of the growth companies that I invest in are in that kind of area that has been hit the hardest. And I've been hit. But that's all right. You just buy more. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't give up. Don't sell out. Just buy more if you can. If you can't, that's all right. Just ride it out. It's going to be okay in the long run, just don't look at your stock account too much. <laughs> all right. So that's all I wanted to talk about this week. It's like a giant market update. But but one last thing, just to be abundantly clear, if it is really painful, you know, seeing these losses or whatnot, just do nothing. You don't have to buy more. Okay. Just do nothing. Just Just let it ride out. And in six months from now, you can see what has happened. And I promise you, your losses will have either diminished to zero or you'd be positive again. It's a, it's, this is a short-term fear. And the worst thing you can do is sell. We've said it a hundred times. Do not sell in fear. You don't have to buy if you're not comfortable. Okay, you can just, you can just ride it through and you'll see afterwards, you'll have this experience and you'll be able to look back and go, oh, that was a short-term issue. That was a really good opportunity to buy. Oh, I'll do it next time. And that's all right. You don't have to take this opportunity right now if you don't feel like it. But don't sell out, essentially. That's just like the worst thing you can do. Just don't sell out. All right? Just ride it through. It'll be all right. These things, they recover quickly, as you just saw on Friday. You know, Wish was down 30% Thursday, up 20% Friday. Like the market eventually realizes things in the long term but in the day-to-day term they can go market can go wherever it wants all right so that's it for this week um stocks that are interesting i really like select quote 
kind of boring, but it's essentially a marketplace, surprise, surprise, that helps, it's mainly based in America, and it helps a bunch of, it's it's mainly an insurance discovery platform. So you go on there and you look for an insurance you need, whether it be car, home, their main sector is kind of like elderly people life insurance. And you go on there and you pick an insurance you know, package that suits you and select quote, just select quote, just takes a cut. And you can imagine how profitable that is. They already have free cash flow of 20% and they're, and they're still growing like 60, 70% each year. And guess what the free cash flow multiple is? 20. So you got 70% growth, you got a 20% free cash flow multiple and you've got heaps more growth still to come because the markets for insurance are huge. So that's one that I really like. And Everquote, it's a similar thing, except they're more focused on the car insurance side of things. So they're both really cheap. Everquote's not profitable, but SelectQuote is. And Everquote's like pretty much break even. But if you look at SelectQuote, which is pretty much the exact same business, just in a different kind of main field, Everquote's for cars, SelectQuote's mainly for health insurance. Everquote... If it had a 20% free cash flow margin like SelectQuote did, it would it would be on an 11, 11x free cash flow multiple, yet still growing 30%. So they're both really cheap and they're profitable, I guess with SelectQuote's case. Profitable, cheap, growing fast. Sounds like a good idea. You should have a look. All right? So those are the stocks I recommend this week. Next week, we will be talking about how to make valuation easier. I realize that all the DCFs and, you know, probably got a bit complicated for a lot of you. So let's talk about in one episode how you can just dodge the bad stuff, essentially. We'll call it valuation made easy. All right, I'll see you next week. Disclaimer as always, I am not a financial advisor. Please seek, you know, help from a professional apparently. And this is just my opinions. All right, guys. See ya.